welcome to the PE huddle. And as you know, it's supported and sponsored by Gopher. And we're very pleased that uh, Gopher is so concerned about school issues. I'm your host, Bob Pangrazy, and we're going to talk today about some issues and concerns related to getting the year started right. Um, Gopher makes a real effort to connect with teachers. That's one thing I like about uh, doing things with them. And you can check out the Gopher website at gophersport.com as it's continually updated with new products and educational support. If you haven't looked at the feature on federal relief funding, you should because it'll help you find resources in your state and district and offer examples of what the funding can be used for. Um, Esther II funding is available now, and it's been out there for a while, and it's important that you get your piece of the pie, because if you don't ask for it, I guarantee you they're not going to come down and put it on a platter and hand it to you. So make sure you, you do that. The start of the year is really a critical time for getting off to a good start. Uh, in, in fact, it's like a good lesson. Um, the, the research evidence is so clear that the first couple minutes of your lesson will determine the quality of the rest of your lesson. And it's the same with the school year. You get off to a good start and you're going to impress everybody, but it's also a busy time for you. I mean, you got things coming, busy work coming from admin, planning lessons, getting equipment in order, checking your class rosters and your schedules and on and on. Um, well, Deb Pangrazy and Billy Noble are here to share with you how they help their teachers get prepared and ready to start classes on the right foot. They're masters of it. They've been in the business for years. And they're, they're the kind of people that have 20 years of experience. And each year, believe me, with them, it's a different experience. They, ha they have a ton of it. So without delay, let's meet these two friends of mine. Uh, Deb Pangrazy has been a supervisor of elementary PE for the Mesa School District for over 20 years and she's responsible for serving nearly 60 schools. She's won many teaching awards and is known for her leadership in curriculum development and implementation. She uh, seeks grants and, and has received many to improve the quality of her program in Mesa. Uh, Billy Noble, you know, these, these two are carbon copies. I mean, Billy's taught for 20 years in Lexington and he serves as a, uh, district Elementary PE Content Specialist and works closely with the State Department of Ed and has secured many grants and local grants to support his programs. So um, he's supervised many student teachers, as has Deb, and both of them have many of the people they've supervised teaching with them and for them. So I think that's that probably speaks more for them because if you can go with a master teacher and then you want to go work for them, there must be something good about those people that we really like. So Billy and Deb, welcome aboard. Thanks, Bob. We're happy to be here. Uh, Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you for being here. Well, I want to take you through about 10 minutes of the ASAP uh, uh, curriculum, and then we'll really bore into some nuts and bolts stuff. But I'd like to uh, share the first few minutes, if you really haven't ever looked at it and got an overview of it, uh, there's many layers to it, and, and I have a short video here, it's a minute and a half for you to look at that'll kind of give you an overview of the Dynamic PE ASAP uh, program. Welcome to Dynamic PE ASAP. I'm Bob Pangrazy, and I'm happy to share my curriculum with you in a format that'll make it so easy to design your lesson plan. 
Dynamic PE is a new digital version of my curriculum and it allows you to utilize it in a way to create PE lesson plans in seconds. I mean, it's that easy, trust me. It allows you to plan out your lesson plans faster than ever before. The user-friendly format allows you to quickly review and decide how and what you wanna teach. You can filter and choose by grade level what type of equipment you wanna use or by what national standards you wanna cover. In addition, in every lesson plan are formative assessment tools as well as outcomes for students. You can concentrate more on kids and making them better people and not have to worry so much about the content that you're going to teach. It's there. Put them together, print them out, make them unique to you. I think you're gonna love it. The beautiful thing about Dynamic PE ASAP is that now you're gonna have a year-long curriculum, which is really a roadmap to your success. It gives you the ability to know where you're going, what you wanna teach for the year, uh, to know what you wanna change in the future to make it stronger, and it just gives you a much higher success quotient. This curriculum has been field tested by thousands and thousands of teachers. In fact, I've sold over a million copies of the textbook, Dynamic Physical Education. Uh, now, a lot of people ask, why are you giving this curriculum away, Bob? And I'm here to tell you that teachers have done so much for me over the years, and I've been so fortunate to learn from a lot of different teachers that I felt it was my time to give back to the profession. I just want to thank you for being teachers. You mean the world to me, you mean the world to our country, you mean you make kids better people. Can't thank you enough. All the best to you. So that's kind of an overview of, of the curriculum, and it's a, it's a time and a format um, where you can print it out. And so my, my thing next is to show you another short video that shows you how you can mix and match and, and flex the curriculum to meet your needs. And then we'll let Deb and Billy talk about how they personally um, take it and modify it to meet the needs of their district. In other words, obviously, I can't write a curriculum or get one for you for every district in the country because you all have different amounts of equipment and guidelines and schedules, et cetera. So each school has to customize it the way they want and use the parts they want. So here's a here's a quick look at, at the yearly plan video that'll kind of give you an idea. And then we'll tear into exactly a document that Deb uses in her district and uh, let Billy talk about how he works with it as well. I wanna show you the dynamic PE yearly plan because I think that may be a good starting point for you. Um, and when you click on the logo, up comes my yearly plans, you can select whatever grade level it is you want and they're in three different levels k through two three four and grades five through eight and that has 36 weeks of lesson plans in it so one lesson plan a week people often ask me on these lesson plans how long do they last um, and how many days can i teach with them well the intro and the fitness and the game activity you'll often repeat but if you want to change you can but the lesson focus has so many activities in it that even if you teach three or four days a week of PE, uh, there'll be more than enough for you and they're all written in progression from easy to hard. To get started, I would, I would go right to this section and take a look at the order in which they're in. The next thing I would probably encourage you to do if you wanna create your own order and the way you do it, 
is to click on the save to your plan. So if I click on save to your plans, that lesson plan, I'm gonna do it right now, will be saved to your own plans. Then you'll be able to go up there, modify that lesson, and you can drag and drop all those lessons. Let me show you uh, what's in my lesson plans here. Here are just some I've put in that I've saved that I use along the way. And if I wanted to have this one be first, I taught this lesson yesterday, I just click on it and then I'll drag it and put it right up here at the top. Bingo, they're in the order I want. So if it were me, I'd take and drag all of them into my lesson plans and then I'd start modifying them the way I want and even adding new ones on your own network for you. So I think that using the dynamic PE lesson plans is a good place to start because you can drag and drop them in whatever order you want, add different parts to yours to make it customized for your school. Uh, there may be lessons that won't work for you. Uh, there may be lessons that you have taught for years you wanna add. You put that all together, you'll have a year's lesson plans there, a yearly curriculum, and your principal or school administrator will be extremely excited to see that you have a year-long curriculum uh, that people will want to review and use. Um, Michael, um, this, is, this is directly to you, but I'm getting a couple of comments that some people are not seeing the videos. Are you seeing the videos, Deb? Okay, the first one we just saw the very end saying why you gave the uh, curriculum away. The second one, I saw the whole thing. So the okay. first one, we missed the first minute and 25 seconds. All right, maybe we're up to speed now. So uh, that's the last video we're going to show. So if we goofed it, hang in there with us. I told you we we're going to use a lot of tech and there might be some issues, but, but uh, let's put up Deb's yearly plan. Um, because Deb, what you do is you pick and choose the things you want based on equipment and needs and what you have. So your yearly plan looks something like this, Deb. Do you want to take over and, and yeah, talk yeah. to it a bit? Sure. And Michael, I'm going to show him a few more things about this. If you'll go down to the very bottom where the tabs say DL1, DL2, DL3. Oh, no, this isn't the one. Okay, you don't have them all. Okay, this wasn't the whole year. Anyway, we have a yearly curriculum that we use in Mesa Public Schools anyway. And this year, I always try to do something to make life easier for my elementary PE teachers so they aren't spending so much time doing the preparation so that they have more time to be creative about each lesson. So one of my teams, we have a curriculum team, we all got together this year and we linked every single part of all the four part lessons to ASAP. So now if you'll go to week five on this one, okay, thank you, Michael. Click on new leader, if you will, that's our introductory activity. It's linked to the new leader tab in Bob's lesson plans on ASAP. And we did this so that it flips right through everything directly to that introductory activity that you'll see. Now, Bob mentioned signs and he mentioned videos. All right. This introductory activity doesn't need signs, but it, we have a video to show you how to do it. Michael, could you just hit that for a couple seconds, please? And so we're not getting audio right now. But when you play these on your own computer, you will get video. Okay, so that's your introductory activity. You can print it on your index cards. It tells you what standard it uh, meets. 
Okay, now if we'll go to the fitness development, please. Okay, and we're doing aerobic fitness. We click on that. Now this one will have more, more um, things for you to make your life easier. Bob mentioned signs. Okay, if you could scroll down to the video, please, um, Michael. Here you see Mr. Bud teaching and you can notice a sign that's with his group of kids right there. Well, he's got signs all around the room. So it frees him to go to different groups and they can see what's on their sign and then they move from sign to sign. So could you play that for me, please? Notice good. how all the groups are active and busy and they all have a sign to tell them okay. what to do. Can I do this one? Picture so needs to spend more time with each individual group and doesn't have to keep telling them what to do. Just like that. Okay, you guys are all doing regular sit-ups? Okay. Okay, Michael, that shows a pretty good example. Then, so that you have those signs available, if Michael will scroll back up to the right side to the blue button, Gopher Sport has recreated all the signs that we use in Mesa schools. And so you have one for every single station. And all you have to do is print these out. And we print them out, put them on poster board that's 11 by 14, and then laminate that. And then they last for years and years and years. So you have everything there that you need. And then, Michael, if we could go to the lesson focus next. Notice how we have gymnastic skills also linked right to ASAP. So if some of you don't have a textbook, you actually don't need one right now. You can use these lessons right off of ASAP. And then Michael, this is a long lesson with lots of activities like Bob was mentioning that you could teach for three, four, five days. And you go all the way down and we have a couple videos of gymnastics as well that you can click on and play. So you know how to do gymnastics, different ways and different activities. And then this one does not need signs, but it does have an assessment with the lesson and it also has equipment needs and those equipment needs take you right to the Gopher site for um, whatever equipment is needed for the lesson. And then if we could go to the game activity. Okay, steal, go to the second one. Yes, thank you. Steal the treasure will come up. And here's an example of it with video and the equipment that you'll need. You'll see to the right are bowling pins and hoops. So it pretty much tells you everything. You've got your outcomes, your instructions, you've got video to show you how to do it. You can print it on cards or out on a clipboard, whatever you might need, it's all there. So that's just one week of our curriculum guide and we have 38 weeks that we've taken from ASAP and put it into our order. And we didn't use Bob's order exactly because we have two teachers at each school. And so I had to make adjustments anyway. So we just adjusted it to the way we do our yearly plan. So it saves every teacher. I have 84 teachers. It saves everybody a lot of time. Billy, um, how about you in, in curriculum? How do you guys do it in Lexington? It's similar. We have our own interface as well, where we've taken most everything from the DPA ASAP website and put it over there with direct links like Deb has for hers. It, I think the, the big difference for us is we recommend that they try to go with the way that you have it set up, Bob, weeks one through, we, we end up getting about 32 weeks in. And we recommend going along with that. And then we say supplement and add in your own activities. For instance, if you're in week four and let's say that's gymnastics and, and you don't have mats 
for gymnastics, that's the point where we say you go into the bank, find a different focus and change that up. So it's very customizable, but we try to stick with the general roadmap that you have laid out. And Billy, um, with us, the difference is all of my teachers, because we are all set up exactly the same. So all 84 teachers have the same exact equipment so we can teach everything and they won't have to uh, change lessons for any reason. That's nice. Okay. Now, what I hear out of both of you that really is music to my ears is, you know, you both take a different approach to it, but you both know where you're going. There's a curriculum there. Talk about the importance of, of a curriculum. Uh, Billy, I'm going to let you go first and then Deb, you, you follow up, but uh, talk about the importance of a Look, I, you know, Sometimes teachers hear the word curriculum and they think, oh my God, my hands are going to be chained behind my back. I'm going to be in shackles and I'm going to just have to do all this and it's just not good. Oh my God, I want freedom. Talk about curriculum if you would, Billy. Yeah, that, that's funny because I have heard that several times. Um, <laughs> they want freedom, right? And, and that's the beauty is that you do have tons of freedom. The thing is, in, in my opinion, we need to have a roadmap where we're at least on the, we're going to the same destination for a couple different reasons. First of all, you have transient students. And in our district, we have quite a few transient students. So if we have a student move from my school to another teacher's school, they're not going to get the same lesson or possibly miss something. They're just going to keep going with the direction that we have. I think I think the other piece to that is that again, like we mentioned before, there are some some lessons that you even said in your video that maybe a teacher doesn't feel comfortable doing, and that's okay. They can go into the bank or they can add their own flavor into it, and they can really make it their own. But at the end of the day, when we're still going the same direction, so my soccer lesson looks a lot different than probably some of the other teachers in my in my district. But the idea is that we're all working on foot skills that same week and everything that billy said applies to us in mesa as well we have that roadmap and everybody gets creative with every lesson in that roadmap and if you go from building to building i have 56 buildings 84 teachers no two lessons look alike um, and that's because we have a structure to move from but every kid is getting all the skills and all the activities that they should and billy mentioned mentioned transient students large in our school district too and parents love it because they can go from school to school not miss anything we even use the same methodology so students know how, how they're supposed to behave in pe everything is kept um, the same so that they have no adjustments to make they're very comfortable in our pe classes deb how long are your I, i've got a question here just mm -hmm. a, a, just a quick answer how long are, are your classes 30 minutes with five minutes passing between every lesson billy 55 minutes with five minutes in between each lesson. Okay, so there you see, you, you know, you, you're dealing with the curriculum. There's two major different factors right there. So, you, you know, everything is different. But, but Deb, I think uh, because you've told me a, a couple of times, I, I think you've said that the admin, the superintendent has rec superintendency has recognized you at times for, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but having a guaranteed viable curriculum. And we're just about the only, oh, there's my dog in the background. We're just about the only department that does. And we have had one for years as Bob knows, because um, he started it all in our district. 
And every superintendent, every principal knows they can go into any PE room and see the same quality of instruction and see that kids are getting all lessons. In fact, one year, a teacher who's no longer with us wasn't teaching everything in the curriculum and the principal had been there for a number of years before this teacher came. And she started seeing this one lesson, it happened to be hockey, over and over and over and over. And so she started asking questions. Well, when do you do this? When do you, well, I don't, I'm doing hockey. Well, that person is no longer with us because those kids weren't getting the full curriculum. Yes, yeah, so I, good stuff, you guys. And and uh, you know while we're while we're on it. And by the way, we're throwing up a lot of stuff on screen. And uh, we, Michael's our our tech guy behind the scenes, and and he's the best. Um, I mean, you don't you notice we don't leave any of that tech in our hands here, and that we're just going to be talking heads. But uh, I want to move on to signs because this year, it, it, if you haven't looked at ASAP for a while. We added a ton of signs. There's over 200 instructional signs that are in the curriculum now. And Deb actually created them all and then Gopher put them in a, in a, in a Gopher format. Um, but um, I, we've got some examples of signs and bless uh, uh, Michael's heart, uh, he put them in a folder. So you're all the ones you see here that Deb's just gonna take you through here. Um, you're going to get them, and uh, they're going to be on site. And we've downloaded them for you. So here, start start with it, uh, Deb. There's the animal movements. Okay. Well, I don't know if we want to go back into the yearly curriculum, but you could see Rebecca. No, is, no. Okay. Well, in our video that's in ASAP for animal walks and other challenges, that's a fitness. You will see all these signs in in action with Rebecca. She holds them up. The kids create that animal. And then they do some other strength or flexibility or um, upper body strength or whatever in between. Then she'll hold up another sign with an animal. They play out that animal. But the beauty of these signs that administrators like, it's not just the picture of the animal. They see and read what the animal is as well. So everything you see that we use, there's something that has to be read that they need to understand and they can put it together and understand this is what this is. This is what, how you say kangaroo. This is what a kangaroo looks like. This is how it's spelled. And and I just got a note from Michael that these handouts will be uh, that these signs will be in the handout section. All right. So next one, Deb. Okay, this one is the challenge course or the obstacle course, and you can see what to do. In fact, this is kind of a continuous movement fitness where the kids see exactly what they have to do as they're moving around the multi-purpose room, and then the teacher may stop them from time to time to do like something together and then reverse direction. So one student is the fastest or not the fastest going around. So that mixes it up somewhat, but you have everything you need for all the different activities that you could possibly put in an obstacle course. Okay, so now we've had uh, signs for two fitnesses, two different fitness routines. Let's go to uh, uh, a lesson focus activity. Let's go to throwing, or here we go, let's do hockey. Let's do hockey. Yeah, let's do hockey. <laughs> These are all the different hockey stations. And of course you don't do stations right off the top. We do mass instruction first so they know how to do the skills that they're gonna be practicing at each of the stations. And so they have the stations where they can practice in small groups and then you rotate to different stations throughout the lesson and you've got a great hockey lesson and then following all this, you play a game but they've practiced all the skills needed for the game and you've been able to free yourself to go around to different groups to help individuals that may need some instruction or more cues or some kind of help or just to reinforce great work. 
Nice. Here we go, pedometers, if you're using pedometers. All right, so this is an actual lesson out of ASAP. And these are, each one of these signs here is a lesson that you take the kids through. They learn where to wear their pedometers. They know how to estimate time to cover an area or uh, steps to cover an area. They also learn about individual differences. They know how to check the accuracy of their pedometers. There's all kinds of stuff in this lesson, and that's one of the lessons where, well, these lessons are where you learn how to use pedometers and why they're important in our uh, curriculum. They learn a lot from the use, and then we use them every day. This, this is at the start of the year where they learn all this, and then we have them on every time we're in PE. Well, I think we have a throwing one. Okay. Oh, that's all right, Michael. We're good with that. Um, oh, he's going to show you how to find it. This is kind of good practice here. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. good. And good. then you go up to the green button where it says view activity signs. And then here you go. You can throw at different targets, although we don't throw at targets first because we learn to throw by throwing hard, throw with velocity. So sometimes we start with scars before we move to various different balls. And then they can keep score later on in a later lesson if they want to. And then we also watch their throwing form. And then this might be the setup that you might want to use one week for your throwing activities. Good. So all of and those... Go ahead, Deb. Well, if Michael could scroll down to the uh, video, you can see the targets that Rhonda, that Rich has in the first one all around the room, and then Rhonda has different kinds of targets set up in her room. Okay, two teachers teaching the same lesson. It looks totally different. So um, when you go on to ASAP, you can check them both out. Oh, you mean teachers do it uh -huh. in their own way? But they, have a, they, but they have a common con, con, common uh, goal. That's right. And even though I supervise both of them, they still look different. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Billy, anything you want to add on signs? The, the signs, as you guys have kind of alluded to, the real key is that it lets us go around and do the individual feedback with the kids. It, we get a lot more time because without the signs, when you're teaching, you spend so much time going over cues and repeating the same cues again. And it's also difficult to do. I know we do the whole group instruction, rather, you know, large group instruction, and then we usually break up into individual spots. But when we get into the individual spots, it, it would be impossible to do that many different activities at the same time using the, the verbal cues with the whole group. So the signs are awesome. And thank you so much for putting them on there for free. Yeah, so they're in the handout section uh, um, on the site. So you'll be able to download those five sets. They're all there for you. And then all the rest of the signs are on the ASAP. And we wanted to just show you that because I think sometimes I talk to people and they say, oh, I didn't know you had signs. Oh, I didn't know you had assessments. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know you had videos. And you know how much you pay for that? A big fat zero. It's all there because these people like Billy and Deb are willing to contribute and, and sh show it. Um, there are about 175 videos that will show you how to teach something. And I, I think that uh, we've seen enough instructional videos that we I don't have to show you anymore. You have the idea. But not only will they show you the content uh, of what you're going to be teaching, 
but they will show you how to organize kids and move kids quickly. I mean, if you want to on your own go in and look at a hockey video, you, it, it's magnificent to watch the teacher the way they've organized it and, and gone on to it. And there's a num number of other things I want to talk about uh, and get some info out of Billy and Deb. So, Can I offer uh, some, I'm sorry. Could I offer something about the videos here that really happened this year and last year for us in Mesa schools? And that's why they're so valuable. And I'm so glad that Bob had the idea of doing this for teachers and that Michael came out to do the, make the videos. This year, I'm starting a brand new teacher who has never had any PE experience at all, not student teaching, nothing. She's a classroom teacher. She took online classes and she's been studying the videos and she is doing a darn good job just because she watched orientation and management. She's watched each lesson and she's working at doing it exactly like she sees it represented in the video. So it's really helped her and me and the kids. They benefit too. Good. Billy, you got anything to add on videos? Yes, well, not only with the student teachers, because we live in a college, we're in a college town. University of Kentucky is in our town, and, and there's quite a few student teachers, and I have heard from them time and time again that they read the description, and, and they didn't quite understand it, and then when they saw the video, it all came together, but I've noticed with our even our seasoned teachers, including me, I will, because you guys continually add videos, and, and I will watch videos as they come up on there. There are some activities I've taught for, you know, well over a decade. And I will see it on your video and kind of see how the teacher manages and does it a little bit differently. And it gives me ideas of how just just a simple thing like how to put the equipment out a little bit differently for a particular activity, because some of those things I struggle with logistically. So that they've been very helpful even for the seasoned pros. Perfect. Um, you guys have such a good uh, perspective on things that I, I want to ask you one question and I don't want to uh, dive into it deeply but I, I because I think it's different all over the country but I, I don't want someone to say well are you aware that COVID's still going on out there and the answer is yes of course it is and and you know when I first mentioned it to Deb she said I don't want to talk about it it's just you know I, I want to I, I, I don't want to stick my head in the sand so just quickly um, so, because people always want to know how are you, you guys are two leaders in the field, how, how both of you are dealing with it and hand, handling it. And, you know, let's be honest, you're going to handle it how the school board tells you to handle it. All right. Basically, that's the bottom line. So you can talk big and say you're going to do whatever you want, but you aren't. You're, you're going to do what. But Billy, what's what's happening in Lexington schools? In Lexington, everyone, of course, is masked up when they come to, to when they come to PE. The other thing is that we are recommending a three-foot distance when possible. Um, the other thing is, if we do share any equipment, we clean it, we sanitize it in between cohorts. So if if a third-grade class comes in and uses it, that will get completely sanitized before a fourth-grade class comes in and uses it. But so, so we we do have that going for us. I, I will say it's it's a refresher this year seeing we started our school district or our school district started yesterday and it's been refreshing just getting two days worth of PEN and I've heard a lot of comments from the kids saying I'm just I'm just glad to be back in here and learning and in the gym so it it, it feels very normal to me but we have masks on. 
Okay, yeah. well, I can already tell you there are a whole lot of differences. Billy, you are where we were last year when we were being so very careful, right, Bob? <laughs> this yeah. year it's totally different. But the best thing is every PE teacher in our elementary schools is going to try to be the reason that people smile today. So they're going to make everything as fun as they possibly can. And so this year, we are not cleaning equipment between every class. We are doing it at the end of every day. And we are sharing equipment this year, which we didn't share last year. And we are keeping our distance most of the time, but we are still able to do some partner work and some small group work and some teamwork. And we are going to try using almost all of our equipment. The only thing that I have made out off limits would be our climbing ropes because there's no way to clean those. That They would be totally ruined. So we're even going to try to use the parachute and disinfect it at the end of the day. So we are almost as back to normal as you can be. But the one thing that we aren't is masked up, and that's a state thing. So I'm not going there. I'm just telling you that's what it is. Now, that may change. We've been back a week and two days now, and there are cases, so that could change. But we are doing PE as close to what we remember it as as possible. But teachers can wear a mask, right, Deb? Oh, everybody can wear a mask. Okay. We recommend wearing masks. Um, you will find probably maybe half of my PE teachers are wearing masks, probably. And some schools are highly masked. Others are almost no masks. So it just depends on the neighborhood. All right. I think I'm going to leave it there. I think, uh, you know, enough said. You can see how different it is. You, Deb's from Arizona. Billy's from Kentucky. Both university towns, both well-educated cities, um, and, and they they handle it totally differently. And we already knew that, but now you know it. Don't ask us anymore because we don't know any more than what we just said. So, <laughs> I, I, look, I you you two. One of the reasons I was so excited to get you both on is that I know you're both masters at getting your teachers prepared and helping them start the year and, and, and you really care deeply about them succeeding. So uh, I'm going to mention some topics here and, and let you both sound off on them and, and, and share your thoughts on them. It's kind of, we're going to try to have a free flow here of information coming from you guys, but um, I'm going to throw out something and then you guys run with it. And if you don't have much to say, fine, I'll go to the next topic. <laughs> um, no biggie. Uh, schedules, including, and by schedules, I mean helping your teachers work with their principals and the teacher, the classroom teachers in the building, the whole kit and caboodle, because, you know, schedules are not easy things to get uh, put in place in schools. So, Billy, we'll let you go first on this one, Deb, on the next one. Here, the schedules are pretty much set by the school. So you will probably hear 10 different schedules if you go around all our different schools. We, we, we have quite a few schools in our district and, and there's a, a varying degree. And I think the big thing in going back to the online curriculum is that some of us have a four day rotation, five day rotation, six day rotation. And and so some of us are slightly a little bit ahead on that on that year-long curriculum but but in general because we have we build in every nine weeks we also build in a teacher's choice where they can go in and add their own their own lesson that they've created it sort of helps keeps us all on the same path but 
even with the different scheduling, we are still within a couple weeks of each other, even the smaller schools to the larger schools. And so, Billy, how many classes a day at an hour per lesson do your teachers teach? R roughly five classes a day, roughly. And about how many times in your four-day or however-many-day rotations, how many times do they see them in that rotation? Well, for our larger schools, it would be a six-day rotation, 55 minutes to an hour, and they would have five to six classes a day. Now, we also have some schools in our district that are down to 30 minutes per class, and they would see somewhere between 10 and 12 classes per day. And they can even be, some of them are on a three-day rotation. So some of them actually get peed fairly frequently. It, it just depends on the size. Um, the, our largest elementary schools are around 800-ish kids. And we have some elementary schools that are down in, into the, the mid-200s. So your 800-count schools have one PE teacher? One PE, yeah. Every, every elementary school in our district has one PE teacher. The middle schools and high schools have multiple. Okay, well, I'll talk to that piece in our district. We're way different than you are on that one. PE is equalized or standardized in as far as how we deliver it to our kids. We have one or two PE teachers, depending on the size in each school. So we have some that travel. And every student gets two 30-minute lessons a week. And every teacher has no more than eight 30-minute lessons per day. And on Wednesday, it's a half day because we have PD in the afternoon. So they can't have more than five on that day. So the limit is eight max, five minutes passing. They all get a prep, they all get a lunch. Um, every child gets the same number of minutes, no matter if you're in a small school or a large school. And that always is my biggest battle of the year is keeping that up to par and how we are supposed to be doing it. And um, now with all the emphasis on blocking the classroom teachers so they can plan together and then they have to be able to scaffold with the next grade level it's gotten a, and then all the reading interventions it's more difficult but i have enough contract time so that they can create a de decent schedule and no teacher is asked to teach more than that and no teacher splits a class if mr pangrazy's class is coming to you billy you have them both times of the week the other teacher doesn't get half of that time okay okay so once again, you see there's two different ways of doing things and schedules are different. And a lot of times people want to talk to somebody else and ask them what they're doing in their district, because if it's better than what they're doing, then they can say, well, you know, down there in, in uh, Tombstone, this is what they do. Um, and, you know, we should be able to do that here. Well, maybe, maybe not. And And things are different and you do work within a setting. I mean, I would love to see PE every day uh, in elementary school, but you know, I, I don't know many schools where I see that. By the way, I got a couple of people asking me a couple of questions here, so I'll let you guys catch your breath. Um, one is, will the activities work with all class sizes? Yeah, they're they're independent of class sizes. Now, what isn't an independent factor is is equipment. I mean, if if you have 120 kids, you're going to have a lot more equipment. I, I guarantee you large class sizes never add anything to the environment. If you have 120 kids like they do in some states at one time, you know, you're gonna be spending a lot more of your instructional time on management. Uh, and you're, you're not gonna be able to teach nearly as much as you can if you have a smaller normal class size. I always say that you know if it's good for classroom teachers, it's good for PE. 
So <laughs> if, you could take a, if you can take 120 kids in PE, fine. And then that's, that, let's have 120 in the classroom. Uh, you know, and it, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. But yes, the activities will work uh, regardless of class size. And then a, 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 a sensitive question about how do you rebuild confidence in those students that have not done much during, uh, done much movement during the pandemic and got stuck behind their screens. Uh, look, uh, rebuilding confidence is, is what we do. Um, that, that's our whole job, whether you've been stuck behind the screen or not. When you come to school, regardless, our job is to build confidence. And that's by starting you at a level where you can succeed. There's nothing that builds confidence like being able to do something rather than going in and saying, I can't do that, this sucks. Um, that's never gonna get it done. So, you know, you, you're probably gonna have to lower your expectations a little bit. It has been a strange time and, and maybe kids have gone backwards some, but probably not as much as you think either. Sometimes you forget as you grow older, you think how great you were when you were young, but truth of the matter is you weren't that great or you probably wouldn't be a teacher. You'd be doing something. You could expose all that athletic ability and get out there and be great. But, you know, I talk about the search and rescue team, joining the search and rescue team. One of the things I'll just say to you, I have a thing of saying to teachers, look for the good in kids, search for it. Search for the good in kids and then go rescue them and bring them back within the class and build their confidence. But if they are failing, they're never going to get there. So it's up to you to change the environment, not for them to try to change it. They can't. All right, next thing, equipment. The importance of ordering, storing, labeling, uh, inventory. Uh, Deb, this is yours to crank up on first. Well, I may not be the best person to answer this because all of my equipment rooms have been provided for every year. We keep all of the um, all, all of the equipment up at every school every year and they all have storage rooms where they also have their desks, so it's their office too, and we expect it to be kept up and organized and labeled. So if a sub comes in, they can find what they need for the lesson. We have carts that we fill up every week for the weekly lesson, so that's ready too. Um, and I do all the ordering, um, so I make sure it's, up to par in all the schools. Um, Who gets to use your way. equipment, Deb? What? Who gets to use your equipment? Do they take it out for recess and <laughs> into the classrooms and no, that take it home and play with it? Who gets to use no. your equipment? No, only the PE teacher. In fact, that is a little bit of a battle. Um, sometimes the summer programs come in and that room is locked. And if something gets ruined during the summer programs, then they have to replace it. So. Only the PE teacher uses what's in our rooms. Playground equipment is kept in a totally separate place. Totally. Okay, Billy? Yeah, our situation, what you describe sounds like a utopia. Uh, <laughs> our, our situation's quite a bit different. Every single school is on their own, basically, as far as how much equipment they're going to get and what type of equipment. You know, we, we recommend, we have a list of equipment that's kind of a good idea you should probably have and we list that out, but if you went school to school, you're going to find a lot of it depends on the, the PTA involvement, um, how, how much of an advocate the teacher is as far as is that teacher going out and really trying to, to crowdsource some of this. 
every principal, at least in, in our district, has what they call discretionary funds. In general, most elementary school principals are given about $30,000 in discretionary funds. And so I always encourage that our teachers sometime in the month of July go to their principal and really express how much equipment they need and kind of go with a pie in the sky type set of what they think they, they would need and just say, I know we can buy microscopes. I know we can buy other things. This is something I'd like for you to consider. And most of the PE teachers I've talked to, that they've had a pretty good result just going and asking for, for discretionary funds that way. Um, so it, 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 like I say, it, it's way different, but the teachers that care, we, we find a way to get the equipment. I, I promise you that. Yeah, and I believe that. And I think you said a mouthful. You, you said the teachers that are willing to go after it and you hit the nail on the head. They're willing to ask for it. And right now with all this federal money dribbling down into the coffers. It, it is a time to ask and ask and ask. I mean, I, I know that that Deb has asked and, and has gotten a lot actually already. And, and, and Billy, I know you do the same thing. It, it, you know, if you don't ask, you're never going to get it. And, and you feel bad about asking. But, you know, what if we said, well, I don't know if we'll buy pencils and and stuff for kids in the classroom we'll, we'll just see maybe maybe some classrooms will get it and some won't and this school doesn't get any books this year but we, you know we'll 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 buy paper for this school come on i mean you, you know you got you got to speak up for yourself in fact i was surprised you know deb does a lot with schedules that i hear about um and, and you know the hardest thing is getting the teacher to go to the principal and talk about their own schedule and 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 speak up for themselves and you teachers have to speak up you, you don't have to be angry about it you don't have to be unkind about it you don't have to be uh you know um harsh about it but you've got to speak up you've got to ask and and i'm going to tell you something People don't usually hear requests until they're asked about seven times. And then it finally starts to sink in. And what happens with PE teachers? We're such nice people. We go ask and they say no. And we put our tail between our legs and walk away. Never to ask again. Well, if you're that easy, I'm going to give the money to somebody who's a pain in my ass in the school getting after me all the time, keep asking over and over and over, they're gonna get the money. So speak up, you count, believe in yourself, you're important, trust me. Can I add uh, one more thing to what Billy said about our utopia? Okay, absolutely. I make sure they have everything they need, but they also get a little discretionary money from their principals as well. So anything different, you know, that they've been wanting to get, they can usually get that way too. And I have a lot of teachers, not only do I go after grants, a lot of our teachers do, and they also use donors choose a lot to get equipment too. Well, and just to add to that, I, what I always recommend to our teachers is that they actually go through and, and put a request form together with exactly what they need and, and put why. it on your principal's desk because I've had a lot of teachers tell me they get to the end of the year and the principal say, well, I have X amount of dollars I have to spend before the end of the week. And they already have that request for them. And, and you'd be surprised how well that works. It does. Boy, it, it does work. Yeah. Good. Good. It, and Bob, guys... one thing about the ESSER funds that you were talking about, the federal funds, if they code it as lost learning, 
that's one of the ways you can get more things funded. If it was something that they didn't get to do last year, like that's how I got all the pickleball panels. They didn't get lost, to do rap sports. So lost you have to learning. lost learning. Like that. Like that. That's good to know. That's a good, that's a good big uh, big hint. Um how about learning names? Did either of you do much to get your teachers to learn kids' names? Okay, I'll, 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 I'll okay, start off. I'll, I'll say that that's always a challenge, depending on what size your school is. And a lot of the a lot of the teachers that that I work with, the student teachers I work with, I, I tell them to at least try to get the first name as best you can. It is very difficult to get first and last. I always find that that's probably a losing battle. But on the kids that I don't know, because you know, in when you're teaching, you like to recognize kids that are doing a great job. So whenever we might say freeze and you see that someone actually froze quick, they've got their hands on their knees. I like to say, if I don't know their name, I'll say, I'll say, now tell everybody your name. And so then they sort of announce, well, my name is Dennis. And then you can say, oh, I love how Dennis is following directions. I've found that just as a teacher, the more I repeat the student's name and get them to say it, it it's, it's been helpful for me. But that is, a, that is a struggle. It's not easy. Particularly for a guy like me. I have a hard time remembering names, and I have to really, really work at it. But it makes all the difference in the world with management. Deb, I know you do some things with it. Okay, we do a lot with names. Um, Bob Pangrazy, who started this program in Mesa Public Schools, the first thing PE teachers have to do is learn names, and we work on them every single day. We take pictures, and now they're on Synergy, so we have pictures. But you practice them every single lesson, and by the time four weeks has passed, you have to know every child's name, first name, not necessarily last name. And our district's uh, big motto is, every child will be known by name, strength, and need, and graduate ready for college, career, and community. So they not only get the pressure from me to learn all the names, they also have it from the top of the district. So we learn names, we know our names. And I sometimes test them. I'll talk to a child and go to the teacher, well, who am I talking to? And they can tell me. And that, awesome. really, that does really impress your administrator as well as you know parents when they come in there and they wanna pick up their child and say, who's your child? Uh, I, gee, I don't know where your child is. Uh, it, but when you say, oh, yeah, Johnny's right over there, boom, send him out. I mean, it makes a lot of difference. And, and it's so personal. It's, it's so cool. Um, I think we'll finish up with policies and procedures. Anything at the start of the year that you would want all your teachers to know? I don't know whose turn it is to go first, so whoever picks up on it can take it. But what's, uh, what's three of the most important things that teachers should know as they start the year? Well, I'll just start off. I think the big thing for me is I always tell our teachers that it's always easier to back off a little bit as the year goes on, but I always recommend that they, they make sure they establish their classroom rules, they establish the consequences, and they are consistent with their consequences. I, we always find that children work better in an environment where they know that there are a set of rules and they know what's going to happen if they break a rule that it's not left up to what's going to happen or, or 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 you know i've had some student teachers i've worked with in the past and that'll say well just try not to do that anymore but but i tell them you have to be consistent that way they know what what to expect and i think that's important because if we can't get the classroom management piece down 
I can't even begin to talk about the overhand throw um, because they're the bottom, bottom line is they're not listening. They're not going to hear my cues. They're not going to see what I'm doing. So I think that is the biggest piece. And so if you look at the week one lesson that's in DPEA SAP, you're going to notice a lot of it has to do with activities where the children are forced to listen and quickly follow directions. I know that that's a, that's a big one that we go through. I love that, Billy. I want to teach for you. <laughs> that, that sounds really good, Deb. Well, I totally agree with Billy. Without classroom management, you have nothing and you can't teach. And if you would ever come visit our schools, as Billy has, and as Bob is proud of, because he again initiated this in our schools, you will see classes managed where they hear the instructions, they stop on a dime, and they wait for the go signal and they know how to get and take back and use equipment appropriately and how to work with partners well, how to treat everybody with respect and dignity in class. So we're big on classroom management. And then you mentioned policy and procedures, Bob. Yeah. I do make sure that we talk about professional conduct because uh, we are in a fishbowl. Everybody's looking at everything we do and listening to everything that we say. We talk about dress code as well. And then I have a PowerPoint that talks about just about anything you would need to know that I share out. We go over it at the beginning of the year meeting, but I share it out to them. So if they have a question, they can go to that and get the answer. So uh, we're big on making sure everybody's doing the correct thing all the time. Well, the two of you are big on what you do. You're both um, big time leaders and, and you make a difference. Um, you make a difference to all your teachers and you help them become and become better teachers. And, you know, when teachers burn out and when they get tired and when they get down, it's usually because they don't have someone who's in their corner helping them, supporting them, encouraging them when they need that. And, and both of you are that. It's, uh, it's the start of another year. It's probably going to be trying. But if you've taught for a while, I don't know that there are any school years that aren't trying and tough. Teaching is a hard business. It's not easy. Try to, remain, try to retain your playfulness. Be a little lighthearted. Don't take yourself so serious. Lower your standards. Get all your kids involved. Make them all winners. And then you can start to put the pressure on them and start to bring that out of them. Teaching them skills is almost the opposite of management. With management, you do just what Billy said. You start strong and you can lighten up once you've got your kids where you want them. Teaching skills is the opposite. You start easy and you let them succeed and then you can start to demand more of them as they start to get some success. So there's different dynamics at work, but uh, I, I feel blessed we had both of you on. It was a great job. I can't thank you enough um, for doing it. Billy and Deb, thanks so much. You guys are the best. And thanks for being teachers, everybody. Uh, I, I hope you never lose track of how much you share yourselves with others. You are the fabric of our society. Thank you for being good people. Talk to you all. Be kind. Thank you, Bob. We all appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you.